0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading The Rainbow Garden by Patricia Sanden, with permission of Moody Publishing Company, and we are reading Chapter 18, Philippa's Day. The sun seemed to come out as Mrs. Owen struggled out of the car, her arms full of Lucy and a bursting bag of homemade buns. We all flung ourselves upon her, and the rest of the evening was a great success. Mr. Owen had the fire going and the kettles boiling in no time, and we sat around warming our chilly legs and drying our wet skirts and trousers. Soon we were all eating hot buns and drinking mugs of hot sweet tea that tasted of wood smoke and condensed milk and discussing what we should have for supper. I think we'll have eggs and bacon tonight as a treat, said Mrs. Owen, and finish up with hot chocolate and cookies around the campfire perhaps mrs davies and her little girl will join us now let's unpack the food and oh elaine i've almost forgot there's a letter for you from your mother she handed me a thin letter with a french stamp on it and a funny little cold feeling of fear seemed to rise up within me for Mummy hardly ever wrote letters she sent me postcards every week or so but they didn't say much I I turned away from the others and ran up the hill to where I'd gathered firewood and sat down on the roots of the larch tree, crumpling the letter in my hand. It was silly to feel afraid, for the last time she'd written, she had sent three pounds for camp. I tore the letter open and read it through several times, because at first I really couldn't take it in, and yet I'd known all along that it must come one day. The man mummy worked for was coming home in in the autumn. She would keep her job, and she would find a home for us both in London. You'd better stay and finish your school term, she wrote, and you'll be back with me for Christmas holidays, and we'll find a school in London after that. I've missed you so much, and it will be lovely to be together again. The Christmas holidays, Janet had told me all about them. The frosty evenings where they sang carols and left little gifts all around the village by lantern light the debogganing and the opening of stockings on Christmas morning, the Sunday school party in the fellowship hall where Mr. Owen dressed up as Father Christmas, and now I would miss it all. I gazed down at the campfire. Peter and Johnny were dragging an enormous log up from the barn, and Janet was learning, leaning over a saucepan, cooking something. Frances stood alone on a little beach with her back to everyone, no, I could not leave them. They were my brothers and sisters now. Surely Mrs. Owen would, would understand and help me explain to Mummy. Of course I wanted to see her, and I would not mind going to London sometimes, but she could come and visit me in Wells. My home was here in the country now with the Owen family. I thought about the last few months and how miserable and selfish I had been at first and how I had hated it. Yet somehow I had been drawn in. What was it, I wondered, that bound us together, made us such a strong family circle? I was beginning to realize, even then, that the center of that home was the open Bible, that wise old book that taught children to honor and obey their parents, to love one another, to recognize life's true values. Who would go on teaching me in London, and how could I go on being a Christian all by myself? come on Elaine shouted Peter impatiently we're gonna fry the bacon everyone has to sit down with a plate a delicious smell came floating up and I went down to join the family Mrs. Owen pushed Johnny out of the way and made a place for me and I snuggled comfortably against her perhaps she guessed what was in my letter supper was a great success and afterwards we piled wood on the fire and made a blaze that lit up the dark mountains all around "'and made rosy reflections on the Black Lake. "'Mrs. Davies and her daughter and Tudor, the sheepdog, "'joined us for hot chocolate and cookies, "'and we sang campfire songs till we were hoarse. "'Then Mr. Owen opened his Bible and read to us. "'As we sat listening, the moon rose over the far end of the valley, "'flooding the lake with silver light. "'We slept with our tent flaps thrown back "'so that the moonbeams could shine in on us all night long.' Every day in camp was so exciting. We swam in the lake before breakfast, and Peter was in charge of the fire, and Janet and I were the cooks, and Mrs. Owen giving advice. Sometimes we went on expeditions and climbed the mountains. Sometimes we just explored the near hills or messed around the farm. When the rain and mist came sweeping over the mountains, we played in the barn. And on wet evenings, Mrs. Davies made us welcome in her kitchen, which we loved. It had an uneven stove floor and a huge fireplace that took up most of one side of the wall. It was a very cozy place to be on a rainy night when the thunders broke over the mountains. We used to get ready for bed in Mrs. Davy's room and then dash up the dark slope in the storm and dive into our sleeping bags. On cloudless days, we climbed stone. Another day, with the help of Peter's map, we discovered every lake hidden away in the secret folds of the hills, and climbed every rocky peak. I was becoming as brown as a berry and as strong as a mountain pony, and I sometimes wondered what my mother would think of me if she saw me. But to me, the great event of the holiday was Philippa's visit, and on Saturday morning, long before the others were awake, I wiggled out of my sleeping bag and crept to the door of the tent to look at the weather. It was still very early, but the sky behind the mountains was pearly blue and the morning star was still shining over the highest crag. It's going to be a beautiful day, I thought to myself, shivering a little. There isn't a cloud to be seen. I pulled my blanket around my shoulders and watched the sky grow brighter and brighter behind the rocks. And because I was too excited to feel sleepy, I stayed there watching until at last the sun appeared, and the grass around me turned to silver and the waters of the lake to gold. Oh, wake up, Janet, I said impatiently. Come and swim. The water's all shining. But Janet only grunted and disappeared far down into her sleeping bag, leaving me called Walter for company. Everything seemed to move slowly that morning, and no one seemed in any hurry except me. At last I could bear it no longer. I rushed up to Mr. Owen, who was sitting in the sun listening to one of Francis's stories and asked him what time he was thinking of getting Philippa. Philippa? said Mr Owen calmly and glancing at his watch. Why, yes, she's coming out to dinner today, isn't wasn't she? I'd better start now when while the weather's weather's fine and get her out early. It could cloud over later. He got up and glanced at the car. We'll leave the whole back seat for Philippa, he said, but there's room for three in the front. Like to come with me, Elaine? It would be fun for Philippa to have you on the way back. I was thrilled and rushed off to get ready. It was a lovely drive, and when we arrived, we found Philippa had been ready for ages sitting at the window. Within five minutes, we were off again. Philippa stretched out on the back seat and me sandwiched between Mr. Owen and Mrs. Thomas, leaning over the back to talk to her. Of course, there was an awful lot to tell, and I chatted on without stopping, for Philippa wanted to know every detail of what we'd been doing. And what have you been doing, I asked when we were nearly there. Nothing much, answered Philippa, quite cheerfully, just sitting. I glanced at her in surprise, for she was not speaking in her usual whiny, self-pitying voice. She looked at me straight in the eyes and pursed her lips to whisper, I want to tell you something when we're alone, she said, mysteriously. And I nodded and winked, for I like secrets. Oh, cried Philippa as we turned the corner to the campsite. There they are. Look, there's a lake. Oh, a lane. What a beautiful place. Mr. Owen put on the brakes suddenly for the five children had come to meet us and were standing with joined hands across the road, sunburned, laughing, and disheveled, disheveled. Then, with a whoop of delight, they were off, pelting against the springy turf in an effort to race the car. But Mr. Owens pressed on the accelerator and in a few moments we'd left them far behind. And Philip and I... "'stuck our heads out the window and yelled with triumph. "'There was a bed of bracken and heather "'arranged on the, on the hillside for Philippa, "'and Mr. Owens carried her over the rough ground "'and laid her down gently by the camp. "'Dinner was almost ready, "'and it was a real feast for the occasion. sausage, "'Sausages, potatoes baked in the ashes "'that split open and stuffed with butter "'and a huge plum pie made by Mrs. Davies. "'Feeling very full, we all lay on the ground eating sweets.' which Philippa had brought. Mrs. Owen started reading The Wind and the Willows to us. She only finished one chapter when Mrs. Thomas pointed rather anxiously to the far end of the lake. A strange white mist was creeping through the gap in the hills, like a thief with cold hands. The trees were looking dim and ghostly, and a chill seemed to be creeping over the face of the sun. Well, tomorrow we'll read chapter 19, A Shock and a Meeting. I love you. I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.